Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Slow ball spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. This morning we're hanging out at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main, Suite A, right here in Elk City. It's the furthest east building in that strip mall out here in Janice's, out by uh, just right on the Highway 6, just off to the west side of Highway 6th and uh, 20th Street. So uh, come by, there's breakfast. Here's the cool thing. And we mentioned this last week, Jared, when we were here at Janice's. The coolest thing is they serve their entire menu all day long. So if you get up one morning, say a Tuesday morning right near, right here, October the 11th at 9 o'clock, and you go, you know what? I don't really want uh, you know, an omelet or a, a biscuit and gravy or anything like that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking bacon cheeseburger for breakfast this morning. Why not? Guess what? You can come out here to Janice's and you can get it. The entire menu is served all day. I had. You know um, why I like that? Why? Because if you think about it, we got a lot of people that work night shifts around here. Correct. And instead of, you know, they worked a hard, long night shift and they don't want an egg. They want that bacon cheeseburger like you talked about. That's why I like that. Exactly. You know, that a lot of guys work six to six, you know. Yeah. And you get off at six, 6 a.m. sometimes and you're working nights and you go. Well, it's like, you know, 4 o'clock for me, right. 5 o'clock, Your body's telling you, I want meat. I want a burger. I want, yeah. Exactly, exactly. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're open 6 o'clock, 6A to 9P, Monday through Sunday. So seven days a week, 6A to 9P. They will be serving their entire menu all day. I will tell you, though, uh, I, we, I had a little, uh, a little plug for Janice's coming from my house. Oh, yeah? This morning uh, when Wyatt Compton was telling me he stopped by Janice's this weekend. And had oh, he did. biscuits and sausage gravy with four pieces of bacon. And he said, listen, Aaron. Sign me up. It was a lot. But I <laughs> ate it all because it was good. So come on. That is my favorite dish. That is my favorite. Come by and hang out with us uh, right here at Janice's 2103 South Main Sweet A <clears throat> right here in Elk City. I'll say it again. Maybe the waitress is listening. The biscuits and gravy <laughs> is my favorite. We have the speaker on it. She's taking an order. She does I, a good job. We also just got it. They have huge breakfast burritos. Oh, no. Well, now that's my second favorite. Uh-oh. You may be back it, in the burrito I might, game. I had a burrito yesterday. I might have to get that here. But if you do want lunch, taco salad is the special out here today uh, at Genesis. It's also, it's, it's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday, uh, as it normally is. Rodney Skinner at Paul Jones Drug. They're down at 809 North Main Street. Right here in Elk City. We'll be telling you all about them throughout the day. All right, what's coming up on the show? High school football rankings. Uh, All three major statewide polls are out. We'll take a look at those rankings. We'll also look at the biggest games of the week, uh, according to both the Oklahoman and then also I think the Tulsa World might even be doing this as well. So we'll look at some of the big games around the week, uh, around the state, excuse me, this week in the high school football round. We'll hit some college football. One of the first really big Saturdays coming up this week uh, with those three uh, games with teams that are both 5-0, and only the second time that's ever happened on a weekend in college football dating back to um, 1993. Uh, of course, you've got o- OSU and TCU, Bama, Tennessee, Michigan, and Penn State. All those teams are at least 5-0 and heading into this week, and so it's, a, it's the first real major, as you called it, kind of separation Saturday uh, coming up. Give us your first thought. We'll talk about our first thoughts on what OSU and TCU will look like. Then we'll go down to Norman, the sad town of Norman. Is this thing even salvageable for this season? How do you proceed 
if you're an OU, if you're if you're the the staff at Oklahoma, is it all about developing the young guys? Is that is that a bad look quitting on the old guys? You know how how do you kind of uh, the balancing balancing act that has to happen down in Norman between trying to salvage this season, but yet also with an eye to the future. And then I have a question coming out of the Cotton Bowl. We really didn't talk. We, you know, yesterday uh, with Jim, with us, we talked more about the negatives of what happened in the Cotton Bowl, which was Oklahoma just being embarrassing. But on the other side of the ball, how real is Texas? How real a contender are they uh, to be in Arlington? I saw Joel Klatt today tweet out uh, a little video, and he's talking about how they should be in the top 15. If, and if Ewers doesn't get hurt, they might be number one right now. With the way that they, the way that they were moving the ball against Bama early in that game down in Austin, and then of course, uh, not having him in the loss at Tech, so that, I think that's a real interesting conversation to have about what you think about what Texas is. We'll have our top ten in the in the uh, college football uh, rankings, just kind of ours, where we see everything. Interesting out of Stillwater yesterday with the Mike Gundy stuff. Been uh, <laughs> going to Tampa. He, he interviewed with Tampa Bay. Uh, way back when, oh, a couple of times. Well, I saw the headline. I didn't know what t- uh, team it was. Yeah, it's Tampa. And then also Matt Rule. Um, he's got some interesting uh, decisions to make coming up after being fired from Carolina. Then also we'll hit the NFL. Uh, reaction, uh, the overreaction to Tua, I think, was a big part of what we saw with some of those roughing the passer penalties, including last night. Do you have any problems with what Troy Aikman said last night uh, about putting the, getting the dresses off of those guys? <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Oh. And some people oh. got mad about that. <laughs> Devontae Adams just shoved a cameraman to the ground. Uh, what about Dallas's defense? Is it the best? Is it the best in the league? And then we'll have our uh, NFL top five as well. So that's what we've got on the uh, docket for today out here at Janice's Cafe. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225 9698 Nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch with the show a couple ways. Log on to kadsam.com or download the Paragon Communications app. The app's got it all, man. It's got three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. A brand new edition of that Penny News will be hitting the website tonight at midnight with all the brand new deals at thepennynews.com. Also, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV on a day early this week uh, with the Thursday games due to the fall break. We've got the Battle for Beckham County. Uh, we've got the Big Elks in a huge game against Chickasha. We've also got Hollis and Beaver as well. Uh, so those will be the games this week on Big Elk and Paragon TV. And, of course, this podcast is available. If you miss our show entirely, you can go back and check us out, kadsam.com, or uh, you can find us on iTunes. So how are you, Jared? I'm great. I, I, I'm, I got some great news this morning. I'm in a great mood. Okay, fire off. Great mood. One of my I, – I get – when the kids go off – to school, I get that about 20 minutes of me time, so I'm just relaxing, looking at my phone, and uh, uh, come across my, my Facebook feed. One of my favorite bands has reunited. They've announced a new album and a new tour. Unfortunately, I looked ahead. You can get tickets. I mean, ticket info is already out there, but okay. they're not coming to Oklahoma, but they are coming to Dallas. And? Um, and, and I'm excited. I mean, it's the original trio of blink 182 oh gosh <laughs> they are back together after a, almost a decade uh hiatus of, of tom doing his own thing he's come back to the group this is one of my all-time favorite bands i'm, I'm so excited about it you want oh, I, i'm so excited i've seen him in concert but it was with when they brought in this uh, matt skiba guy to replace Tom, and they're still a fun act, but now the original guys are back together. They're going to drop a new song on Friday. I, I cannot wait. I can't decide. Cannot what, wait. I cannot decide what was mis- more disappointing in my mind: that announcement and it being Bleak One Eighty Two. Yeah. Or the OU Texas game down in Dallas. Equally I'm disappointing. Any, I'm equally taking, in, disappointing in my No, mind. no. Listen to me. I'm taking any kind of win possible at this point. I knew we would have some olds texting in, and here's the first one. Who's Blink-182? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, you know, it took them 180 times to get their name right, or 181 times, but they got got it right on 182. No, it's – you would recognize them if you heard a few of their hits, but uh, I'm excited. Really seriously thinking about going down to Dallas. The only problem is they're playing American Airlines Arena. I mean, big stadium tour. Big arena tour. 
The only problem is it's on July 5th, which falls like on a Wednesday this year or next oh. year. So, I'm you know, we'll see. I doubt it, though. Blink 182. Yeah. So, All I'm in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. Things. Yeah, you know the tunes. I know that one. Fun stuff. You know the tunes. Travis. Travis Barker. Yeah, the drummer. Who's his wife? A Kardashian. He went that's married to so, Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't right. know which one. I can't keep them all straight. I'm going to go so, with Chloe. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, he's okay. been involved in a lot of things. He always lends his talents to other artists to help them out. And that dude is talented. Seeing him live. He I'll have is. to show you a video later. The dude is talented. I don't know, Jared, if you're going to be able to make it into American Airlines Arena without like a face tattoo. <laughs> because of him. You may have to face tattoo up. He's running He's there. running out of a canvas oh, Courtney. there. Here we go. Look at Possum knowing. Uh, how would Possum, of Courtney, all people, he know? He must watch that show. He must be forced to watch that oh, show. Oh, yeah. That's probably it. Courtney. I thought Courtney was married to that Scott guy. That must have been years ago. I just don't know. I don't follow it. I don't care to. Well, in my mind, I'll be honest with you, um, Travis got the hottest one. Always oh, oh, really? I always thought Courtney was for sure the hottest one. Really? Yeah, it's just me. <laughs> My own personal opinion. Kim was the hype. Chloe was the uh, chubbier one back in the day. Mm-hmm. And Courtney was the hottest one. That's just uh, that's kind of where I was at. Got anything else? That's what I got. the show? That's, no, no. That's <laughs> that's a nice start to the show. They're having like some kind of a prime day today, so I'm a little on Amazon, so I'm a little nervous. Oh, I'm getting a I lot already, of agreements. I'm right. getting a lot of agreements with Courtney being the hottest. Okay. Well, I don't honestly just don't care about the Kardashians. I don't rate them. Don't care. Did you see uh, one of them got booed at the Dallas Kim. LA game? It was Kim? Yes, I did see that. They, I booed, saw the headline. they booed her. Isn't that where she's from, LA? Yeah. Man, they don't like her. You know, it all it, started. I just don't think sports fans really care about the Kardashians. Oh, I disagree here, Jared. Do you not remember <laughs> where the Kardashian name started? Of the course. The first time you knew it? Of course. When Robert... Read the suicide note uh, from OJ? Of course. Right before the slow white Bronco chase? Absolutely. Maybe that's why sports fans don't really care. Maybe they're just I over think they it. don't I don't I think they don't care because of how it all started. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it was Brandy's brother, Ray J. Ray J and Kim. That's how she came to fame. Well, I thought she came to fame because of her dad, who he represented in court. She personally came to fame with that sex tape. Oh with Ray J. Way back in the day. Okay. Then they were on that show. With, I remember uh, the show. Back when yeah. Bruce Jenner was a man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Bruce Jenner used to be a man. Yeah. Yeah, right. Used to. Do we know if he still is or not? I don't know. I don't know. I know he ran for governor. Or she. Whatever. <laughs> All started with her once-ago dad, Bruce. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> we got some, we got some questions on the text line uh, that will pertain down down the list just to say oh okay um with uh not about this particular topic no we don't have a lot of a lot of kardashian questions questions. uh last night the chiefs fall behind 17 nothing it looks like the raiders are going to kind of write their season and get everything back on track and then all of a sudden it was pat mahomes and travis kelsey i mean four touchdowns from mahomes to kelsey how uh, jared how in the world can that guy Get that open inside the 10-yard line four different times. It's, I mean, it, it's not like you had him going up making these contested catches over two bodies. He was one, wide open. One of them I, I didn't like, but I thought, I thought they screened. They picked him. They, they used a, kind of an inverted pick. You see the guy kind of running with them, and he had his hands up like, oh, I just happened to be here. But, no, yeah, how do you let that guy open? The problem is if you double him up, you give him too much attention, it's opening up somebody else. I think that's what defenses are so scared of because Mahomes would recognize that in a hurry and then make and find the open guy. So you kind of have to just stick with it one-on-one and um, and just hope for the best. But the dude's good. I mean, that's that's another big reason why he's make, he's a good one of the top, if not the top tight ends in the game right now, in the league right now. Yeah, it's it's funny how it seems like he and uh and Mark Andrews are the two you know guys that that headline that group and they're always open in the end zone. Yep, it's just amazing how that happens. Let's find a way. Yeah. So that's you know that's the game, but I think a lot of the talk that will be coming out of that game last night 
goes back to what we saw yesterday or, or on Sunday, excuse me, with Tom Brady and the roughing the passer call on Chris Jones. I mean, I honestly, I, I thought John Perry did a great job in the booth last night, a former official, you know, that that's trying to explain the reviews and in the process of officiating and that kind of thing. I thought he did a great job of being honest about some of those calls, yet also not just piling on for the sake of piling on to mm-hmm. the officials. You know, you, you could tell uh, with his commentary that he was definitely an official at one point, but he also told the truth about what the calls were. And I, I thought right. he did a masterful, masterful job of being honest, yet being compassionate to, you know, how hard the thing is. And, you know, of course, when there was a close call and they got it right, he was the first one to jump in and say, oh, that's a great job by this guy looking for this or whatever. But on that, on that roughing the passer call against Chris Jones, I mean, is that the first time in the history of the NFL that the call that was made against the guy, the reason for the call happened when the defender had the ball in his arms? I know, right? I think so. That was, a, an, one, an amazing play. Shouldn't have been called. But they, they justified it by saying he brought down his entire weight on him. But how? what's he supposed to do, stop in midair? He, he, it, right. was, it was a clean hit. It's football. It's going to happen. But it is all magnified because of the – and I see it's on our list, the whole Tua situation. And, and officials were probably instructed, we have to protect these guys better. If their coaches and, and uh, medical staff aren't going to protect them, then, then it's got to be on you guys. So you're going to see I, that that's a big reason why we're seeing more of this take place. But I was thinking on the drive in last night and on the drive in, you know, I, it's not a reviewable play, or is it? I'm it's not, not. It's not. Maybe it should be. You know what I mean? A lot of stuff is. A lot of stuff is reviewable. Why not make a, a roughing the passer call reviewable? Go. You know what? Let's go back and look at it. You know what? He couldn't have done anything right there. And that that's a clean hit by by definition of the rule. That's a clean hit. So we're gonna wave the flag. So that I I don't have no problem with that. You want I mean they bring in the review to get the game right to get the call right. This is a call that they needs they need to get right. It's it's interesting because really under the great under the radar last week, and it happened between Thursday's game and Sunday's game. The NFLPA and the NFL agreed to some different protocols in the wake of what happened with Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is going to be back on the eye in the sky. So you know, there's always that review process going on in New York on every, you know on all the plays, right? And then out of nowhere, you'll see the game kind of stop, and then you know the the, the officials will correct something. Last night we saw it on a play where. Um, Kansas City, or I can't remember which way it went. I think it might have been Kansas City threw a pass out. Uh, the guy caught it, got up, but it, they touched him on the head before he scampered for like six more yards. Well, New York is the one that caught that and then made him scooch back. Mm-hmm. That is also happening right now with this uh, the, the concussion protocol stuff. And so at this point, they're watching mm-hmm. the, the collateral damage of every play. Right. If they see somebody even half stumble, that's it. They buzz down, get them out of the game, and they're not allowed to come back. Right. And so everything that's been put in place before is superseded. It, it doesn't matter if if that person, that player, walks off the field, goes back into the tent, people on site that are evaluating them for a concussion saying they clear every hurdle that's in place. It doesn't matter now because of Tua, because of the eye in the sky. If they see a stumble, any sort of stumble, sure. they're done. And that's just such an overreaction to this. And, and what's hilarious to me is it's going to be in the name of player safety. Well, if you're so damn worried about the player's safety, why did you play a game on Thursday without these protocols in place? Right. Right. I mean, it, it's just it, it's speaking out of both sides of their mouth, and, it, and it's the hypocrisy of the NFL, and we we've seen it with this certain subject forever, ever since uh, Bennett Amalu started talking about CTE with former players. It's been a circus that they haven't been able to figure out, and no. here's and here's why: because they don't care. They really and truly don't care for the safety of their players, as their pockets are getting fatter and fatter. And fatter, and until they actually do care, 
that none of this is going to happen. Right. None of it. But it, it, the, the problem is, and this is a great point on the text, it's, it's, it's the exact right two words. It's a reactionary thing instead of a proactive thing. And they don't know what to do to be, to be proactive, and here's why. Because football is a contact sport, and injuries happen on football fields. Correct. Whether it be to your ankle or to your chest or to your arm or to your head, it's all, they're always going to occur because that's the nature of the game. And people don't want to see you change the nature and the fabric of the game to the point where it's not the game they love. And that's the only way that this can all really come to a conclusion for the NFL to be right with player safety and with head safety. Yeah. But nobody's going to be wanting to watch it because it's not what they want to see. Right. Yeah, my phone was blowing up when that play happened, and so it's a horrible call and everything, and – my first reactionary response was, pretty soon we're going to see flags around the waist of the quarterback. And you know, <laughs> if you touch him, that's a penalty. You can only – only way to sack him is to pull that flag. I mean, we're already getting a, uh, a uh, Pro Bowl flag football game. You're being funny. But it's tr- – I'm not being funny. I was, seriously, I was seriously contemplating, like, this might be a thing. You're being funny, but does it – if you put flags on the quarterback, does it eliminate some of this stuff? Does it eliminate some of the, uh, the, the, the things that make you upset? And of course, then you got to change, but that changes everything because now uh, what do they do? If they're running down the field, you have to grab his flag. Can you tackle him outside the pocket? You know, there, there's a lot of things that go with that. But when I thought, I, I saw it tweeted, just put flags on the quarterback from now on. Be done with it. And that way you pull the flag, you get a sack. And it takes all of this out of the game. You know why they won't do that? People will stop watching. Well, yeah. And the money will go away. It's all about money. It it's is all about, about that's, watching. That's the answer to all this. It's all about money. And it's just, I mean, Troy Aikman, you could tell he was clearly frustrated uh, with his uh, get the dresses off of him comment. And immediately, you know, all the, all the wokesters were mad at him for, for – being a misogynist about that. I mean, come on. Cry me a river. You're, you're talking about dudes that – I mean, the entire league is misogynistic. The same That's people the point who got pissed off about mean tweets. Give me a break. Move on. I thought it was hilarious. You just I don't see that. But, but it's a buildup. You can tell – I mean, and a guy like Troy Aikman, think about the shots he took to the face and to the head yes. in his career and yes. kept on – when he could, kept on getting up and kept on playing. Think about that. And then for him to watch, he's got to be sitting there going, I could have played 10 more years if I had got protected like protected like this. Exactly. I could have been there. I could, you know, it's just, it's just those things. And and when they, when they start, and he tried to play 10, I mean, he tried to go longer than what he probably should have. But yeah. Kind of amazing that as many times as he got hit in the head, he's still functioning just fine on the broadcast. Uh, but uh, these are going to continue. You know, the other day you could make the case that the the Falcons taken away a chance to win that game. Last night it could have changed everything. Instead of the Chiefs having the ball at midfield at the end of the first half, you know, the, the Raiders go down and get a field goal. When this when when one of these ridiculous things happens and and, and costs somebody a playoff game, will that be enough? Or do they have to cost somebody a Super Bowl for it to be enough and, and for everybody to really? get their heads together on this thing and and figure out what roughing the passer is and isn't. Because here's the problem. It's not consistent. We saw the hit on Derek Carr. A little bit later on the on the play where Mahomes dropped the kind of bob or he, he got stepped on as he was getting out at, uh, from underneath the center. And he got slung to the ground like a rag doll. Way worse than what we saw from Tom Brady on Sunday. Right. No call. No call. Absolutely no call. You have to be past a certain age, Aaron. And so, you know, that's <laughs> it, it's just the subjective nature, nature of it uh, that's not doing good. Speaking of uh, Troy Aitman, the team he used to play for, the Dallas Cowboys, does Dallas have the best defense in the NFL? Boy, they look the part. They, they certainly look the part, especially the best, uh, the holding your opponent to, what, 25 or less points every week, even in the loss to Tampa Bay. They absolutely look the part. Statistically, we'll tell you no. It's about fifth or sixth best overall. But 
when you put the pieces together, Parsons, Diggs, uh, the pressure they're getting up front, I, they certainly look the part to me. But, I, I mean, there would be others that, that can tell you or would like to say, no, we do, or, you know, statistically the Bills are pretty dang good. But what I see from Dallas in that defense, and this is kind of going back from last year too, it was it was Dan Quinn's done a masterful job turning them around. And my hope was that it would continue going into this year, and so far it has. It's it's hard to argue against it. Now, can they sustain it? It's a long season. If they can continue, I mean, because there was times on Sunday, you know, that game was close. Even when L.A. got the lead, I thought, I'm not too worried because I don't think the defense is going to allow them to score very much because they're making good offenses looking up. And and lo and behold, the, the Dallas did enough to get enough points in the defense. And then when they got to that point, I thought, defense is going to be okay here. The defense is, is going to hold them. And those last two drives, they did. It was fantastic. So I'd say they looked the part, Let's, but it it's a long season. I know it's, what, we just finished week five? Right. We, it, we have a long ways to go. Let's see how they look, you know, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, they haven't allowed 20 points yet in a game, uh, which gives them a chance to win with a backup quarterback for sure, as they have. Uh, you mentioned the Bills, I think. Possum just mentioned the 49ers. 49ers, those, too, Those yeah. are all right, uh, along with Dallas. And, and Philly has done some really good things as far as a pre- from a pressure standpoint, um, getting some getting turnovers to help that offense. You know they've been they've been definitely effective on the defensive side of things as well. So <coughs> I do know this though. In my mind, they may, if you don't think they have the best, if you don't think that they have the best defense overall, I think they've got the best player, and his name is Micah Parsons. Absolutely, that guy affects the game in so many ways, and, and he's such a disruptive force. I mean, hell, he was on one leg out there at the end of the game, and he made the, the game-deciding play, the game-clinching play, knocking the ball loose from Stafford as he just blew around the line. So it was uh, – man, he was uh, – they're, they're coming right along. It's amazing. In one season – think about this. One season, a season ago, it was the high-flying Dallas de- uh, offense with a defense that could create some turnovers but not really – you know, weren't, weren't necessarily a good, and now they're they're to this unit. The the one thing I will say about Dallas defense, though, that scares you a little bit, is being able to stop the run. Being able to have the guys to stop the run mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, man, we got all kinds of comments on the text line about this uh, the the officiating oh, of Tom Brady. Uh, I world, was hoping it was that, not the Kardashians. Oh, oh no, no, world is reactive. Um, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Get close to the knees. Uh, Fifteen years football won't be. The same because everyone's soft. Uh, Bills Cowboys Super Bowl question mark possibly. Um, there you go. It's it's football skinny, and I'm on your side. It's starting to suck. And then this is interesting from Bill talking about how they changed those protocols in the middle of the in between Thursday's game and Sunday's games this week. Right. So does the doctor that was fired get his job back? Should. Because the protocols he followed were correct in that time. Absolutely, and place. yeah. I, well, first I, off, he never should have been fired if he followed the protocols that were set forth. If he just followed the rule book and his protocols, that's exactly right. Then why there, there's no fireable offense? No, change the protocols. Yeah. If you don't like what the result of him following those, then change the protocols. Right. All right. When we come back, let's take a break. Oh no! Wait! 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 What's your top five in the NFL? Top five. I will go with five to one. I'll go with the Vikings. Uh, I, I think they're top five quality, but I'm not sure any farther, any higher than five. I'll put the Cowboys at four, mainly because of that defense. I'm trying not to drink the blue and silver Kool-Aid here, but when you got Parsons on that defense, I was going to end my thought on them. Uh, I'm trying not to be overreactive with this really good defense, but, man, it's hard not to when you got a dude wearing number 11 the way he's playing. And I said it last week, I'll say it again. I found myself in that game Sunday just watching him. Yeah. Just to watch him. Because you knew whatever happens on this play, he's going to be involved, whether it be a forced uh, bad pass or a sack or a fumble, whatever. The dude is amazing. The Bills at number three, I think they're kind of climbing back up after that loss a couple weeks ago. Philly right there, they're 5-0, and the only undefeated team, and still looking good. And that was a hard win for them against uh, Arizona, and they got it. Got them at number two, and I'll put Kansas City at number one. One-point win, sure, 
came back to do it in a weird atmosphere at home because of the whole controversy. The fans were going crazy. I thought they were going to riot. But I'll put Kansas City back at number, or still at number one for me. I got the Niners at five uh, with that defense, and Jimmy G has kind of settled things a, a little bit there on the offensive side. Uh, so give me the Niners at five. I got Dallas four, Philly three, Buffalo two, Kansas City one. Um, I do want us to talk about the the analytical side maybe tomorrow because we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Okay. And the way that that game ended last night with the with the two point conversions and in the yeah. Was it the right thing? Was it the wrong thing? What are the what are the the coaches thinking in those spots? Maybe we can do that when we come right back before we hit the college stuff. Because uh, you saw Andy Reid go for two up seven in the fourth quarter, right? Not get it, and then you saw Josh McDaniels come back and, and go for two to try to take the lead with four and a half minutes left, which ends up being the the one point difference. Yet they still had another chance. You know, there, yeah. there's there's a lot there. And so I want to we, – we know what the, re, what the results were, and so they both look like the wrong play. Yeah. But does that, that – just because the results weren't what they, what they want them to be, does that mean it was the wrong play? We can talk about it when we come back. Yeah. We'll hit some college football stuff as well. And more Blink-182 for right. you right here, Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We're hanging out at Janice's Cafe. Come on and see us for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. We'll be here. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And welcome back. Skinny on Sports on location today. Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main, Suite A right here in Elk City. Serving their entire menu all day long. Right now you can get anything from a an egg, an omelet, biscuits and gravy, clear to a burger or, or anything else. Uh, that's on the menu. Today's special taco salad for lunch. So come by Janice's 2103 South Main Suite A right here in Elk City. Uh, also, it is Tuesday, so that means it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Our man Rodney Skinner at Paul Jones Drug at 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. Care you can trust. They've got free delivery, on-site testing and vaccinations. They've got those blister packs for the long-term care. Uh, convenience packaging, we've talked about that since they came on board, Jared, how cool that is. Uh, for them to package your daily medications for you instead of you having a bunch of pill bottles and trying to figure out where to put on what day and how much of the dosage into that big giant plastic pill container that's got about a month's supply and you have to put it in the right spot. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Just go to Paul Jones Drug. Go to Rodney, and he'll have that all for you. Conveniently package it for you. Uh, That way you just open it, take your medication, Throw the package away and boom, you're done. Uh, so that's a, a really cool feature there at Paul Jones Drug. They all are, they also are the uh, most experienced and oldest compounding pharmacy here in Elk City. That's Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street. Uh, give them a call, 580-225-2121. All right, let's go back to the two-point conversions. Um, Andy Reid did it up seven in the fourth quarter. Did not get the two-point conversion. And then Josh McDaniels comes back after the long touchdown pass to Devontae Adams to instead of kicking the extra point to tie the game. He goes for two to try to uh, take the lead. Still four and a half minutes left on the clock uh, there when that decision was made. What do you make of this? I, I think we're seeing this more often, for one, because uh, of the game situation. But two, I do think this is a byproduct of moving those moving those those extra points aren't givens anymore. Uh, they're, they're still you know nine like ninety four ninety five percent. Right. But they're not a given uh, back there at thirty five yards. And I do think that that plays into the, the the these decisions that these coaches are making, and and also maybe just the more aggressive nature that a lot of these guys that are getting these NFL jobs are offensive coaches first, defensive coaches second. Can you throw out the term "don't chase points" 
Are we to that now because the analytics are, ch are showing us that we're based on ball placement and in the miss, the chances of a missed extra point and all that? I mean, you know, because, and I get it, if, you know, you miss an extra point early in the game, when we, shoot, we saw it Friday night, you know, do you chase that point or do you just kick the extra point and move on down the road? Um, I, I like, I mean, if analytic, I like numbers. I love it. I love the analytics of, of things and, this, and the chances of things. And if the chances are better to get two than one, why not? So I'm, I'm, I'd have no issue with it. I don't think there's a lot of, I mean, obviously the, the sack and, or uh, the roughing the passer call was has overshadowed everything from what basically almost the win that Kansas City got last night. But I have no problem with because I think that's what the NFL one of the rare things that they've done good lately is is that okay if your kick next point is going to be placed here but you're closer if you go for two I love that it adds a little bit more excitement in the game. But uh, again I'm about analytics I got no problem going for two. Yeah I can see both of them. Uh, Kansas City's offense was rolling. In that second half, In yeah. that second half. And one of the bigger, maybe the more important call that was made was whatever that defensive holding was on the missed field goal. The, the kicker, a rookie, he had, or a, a fill-in kicker for Harrison Butker because he's hurt, had just missed a similar length field goal to the left right. before that call was made and it gave Kansas City the chance to, to get a first down and then end up scoring a touchdown. So that was, I'm sure that was fresh on Andy Reid's mind seeing that. Plus, his offense is rolling. Plus, get two. Now it's a two score game. But it, it's I, still yeah. because, it, to me, I, I understand why he did it. And I think it's probably, it's an okay choice. And, and I think I probably agree with it. But at the same time, there's also the other side of it when we talk about the numbers. The, the two point conversion, even from where it's at, is still a 50 50 proposition. Yeah. And so if you go up eight, even if the other team scores, you still have that kind of mulligan in your bag to be able to stop the two-point conversion. So I, I can really see both sides, but I do like the, the aggressive nature of what he did, trying to end the game right there with the best player on his team having the ball in his hands. It just didn't work. And then on the other side, for Josh McDaniels, I totally understand him going for two, even though there's four and a half minutes left. When he sees, to me, when he sees Andy Reid make the decision he made to try to get a two-point conversion and not kick the extra point, I think that means that there's doubt creeping into Andy Reid's mind about the kicker that they have available that night. Yeah, he made the 59-yarder. He also missed from 41. He also missed the one uh, there when the penalty happened. So you're looking at one for three, and, and if you can take the lead with four and a half, I think in Josh McDaniel's mind, he's, he's thinking that Andy Reid isn't as comfortable with just trying to play for that field goal, and then maybe that forces Mahomes into a – a, a mistake by trying to force the issue down the field. Yeah. And, by the way, not only that, they still got another chance to win the game. They stopped them. They forced Kansas City to punt. Right. And if yeah. Devontae Adams just doesn't have the slightest bobble on a play down the sideline, they've got a kicker that is about to have a chance to win the game who's made, what was it, like 39 in a row? And Daniel Carlson. Right. So I think both guys made the unconventional choice as far as the history of football, to go for two, but I think they both made the right one in that moment, in that game specifically. Right. Final note on that game, Devontae Adams. What a punk. He hit that dude harder than Brady got hit the other day. <laughs> and that's just, yeah, I get you're frustrated, but violently taken out on a credentialed cameraman. Uh, maybe we have a little soft spot for our, we love our cameraman, Drew. But, I mean, I, the, the dude's a punk, and I hope the NFL – uh, hits him with the strictest, biggest fine that they can give him because that's just uncalled for. It's one thing nailing a dude who chooses to run onto the field to play as a streaker or, or gender reveal or whatever the heck that was the other day. It's another when it's a credentialed cameraman. And for him to hit him and then just walk on by like it's no big deal, you do that in the street, that's assault, brother. Have you seen this video? Have you seen this angle? No. I haven't seen this thing. I just popped up. It makes it look a little bit better for Adams. Sure. That he wasn't just parked right in front of And he right had his helmet on. I get it. Maybe the peripherals. Came out of nowhere. Kind of came yeah. out of nowhere. But the way he – his reaction, though, help well, him up. Say, man, I'm sorry, dude, and just walk on. I mean, there's a thing called being a human – decent human being. Well, and here's, here's the thing that you just said about guys running on the field and fans and all that. See, these guys don't know what it is. Like, you, you can kind of see uh, – he's, he's – 
taken aback just for a second and then pushes him down. Mm-hmm. Now, then he looks down and he could definitely help him up once he realizes it's not somebody. But when you got people, he's got these idiots running on the field, run, you know, and doing what they did the other night. Right. These guys' first instinct is going to be to protect themselves. Sure. Now, so in Adams' defense, do you think he thought maybe as a Kansas City fan, that I get, ran I mean, on the field? He, but I think you know he's getting to the tunnel. He and it does come out of his periphery. You know, the the overview made it look a lot more egregious in my mind to Adams that he was already there. We're seeing one from behind him as he's walking up the tunnel, and this guy does come walking in front of him, like kind of out of from his left side. So, but once you see that it's just a dude with the camera, you're right. Just Lynn, just hey, buddy. You know, tell him sorry hey, right then. Sorry. Sorry about that. I didn't know who you were. You come flying in here. Let me help you out. I mean, and, yes, and we bad. might be a little biased for two reasons. CeeDee Lamb with the OU, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. But when he had that miraculous one-handed go-ahead touchdown grab against the Giants son, the biggest stage on Monday Night Football, and he runs over, he lands on a cameraman, first thing he does instead of celebrate is ask her if she was okay. Sure. Yeah, and I think it's just called being a decent human mm-hmm. being. That's all I'm getting at. And I think he's a punk because he just can't even look down and say, hey, I'm sorry. He looked down. Right. And then he went. And, he, and, and he his walked, apology, he I, think, right I think I had a problem, more, a problem with his apology. It seemed hollow and shallow. Uh, yeah, I hope they nail him. Moving on. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to do. I think it's going to be hard to do. Uh, just because of what, what we saw. If you're not going to tag Bobby Wagner with anything. For doing what he did, I get the difference, but it's still on the field. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be hard to, to to be able to, even if they should, and they probably should do something to him, a fine at the very, 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 very least. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's going to be hard to. It's going to be hard to, for me to see them doing that when the when nothing was ha- nothing has happened in a lot of these situations before. All right, it's so the first really big week in college football uh, with three. Games featuring 5-0 and or better teams. It's only the second time in the history of college football that that's happened. With uh, Michigan and Penn State, you've got OSU and TCU, and also Bama and Tennessee. What are your first thoughts, uh, just kind of what you've seen from Oklahoma State, what you've seen from TCU, and about the matchup that's going to be going on? down in Fort Worth. It, I mean, I know last week Texas Tech has proven they can score points, and that was going to be a test for OSU. But now that this is on the road, uh, this is, I think, maybe a better offense than Texas Tech and what TCU is going to show you. Uh, this is the, real, the first real big, big test for OSU's defense. They've been good. Uh, not last year great, but they've been really solid, really good, maybe, maybe the best in the Big 12 good. Let, go prove it. This is going to be a tough one. It could be a shootout early until things settle down, until the defense can figure out what ha- how to defend TCU. But, again, my first thought is this is going to be a big, big test for that OSU defense. Got no problem with the OSU offense. I think they'll score. I don't, I don't think there's going to be an issue there. But I think the, the defense is going to – let's see if they can shut them down a couple drives and, um, and then hold them a couple drives. But I think points will be scored on both sides. Specifically – the TCU or the OSU secondary. When you look at what Quentin Johnson did last week against Kansas with 14 grabs, his size, his combination of size and strength and the ability uh, to even when he's covered well, still make you look silly and make huge plays. Um, Max Duggan's ability to run the football, I, I think, is another thing that you got to account for. These teams, you know, it's weird, but these teams feel pretty mirror image to me. Yeah, they An do. An experienced quarterback that's having a good year, having one of his best years since he's been there, um, able to move the ball with both his arm and his feet. Um, defenses uh, that Oklahoma State coming into the year obviously were better last year um, than TCU was defensively, but there's still some question marks, and, and especially in that back end. Uh, I think this is a really, really um, intriguing matchup, and I think you're right. This may, this may harken back to the early 2010s Big 12 uh, with just an absolute shootout down at the uh, uh, down at the stockyards in Fort Worth at A.M.G. Carter Stadium on Saturday afternoon, because I, I think the offenses on both sides hold a pretty decisive advantage over what the defenses are. Just the, the strengths of OSU's defense stopping the run. Well, uh, you can help that helps you stop Duggan, but what about um, when, when he's throwing the ball out there? So you know who's going to cover Quentin Johnson and all the other guys, and then on the same side for OSU, the skill that they've got. 
um, going up and down the field. Uh, Bryson Green is was the guy last week, but they, they've got so many of those receivers and those skill guys that it doesn't have to be the same guy every time. Right. It, it can be somebody different, and you don't really know who it's going to be going into the game. So I, I'm excited for this one. If you yeah. like points and if you're – you know, the, the Big 12 seems to be a little bit more defensive-minded than it has been. Uh, really when it was humming back with the Whedon and all that uh, for OSU and obviously the quarterbacks that have been at OU and Colt McCoy at Texas and everybody else with Baylor and TCU at times exploding the scoreboard. I think we're going to be back to that at least on Saturday and maybe the next two Saturdays for Oklahoma State with TCU and then Texas coming to town the next week and the skill that those two teams possess offensively. It's uh, shootouts galore in my mind coming up and then that puts the pressure right back on Spencer Sanders. Uh, to be able to to play mistake-free football and, and run the offense the way that he needs to run it to be able to help protect the defense from some from giving up some points that I think they're going to give up. Right. Question on the text line, and this goes to my question about Oklahoma's season even being salvageable. One way that's really popular among fans and some media types as well to try to try to help with the problems Oklahoma's facing on defense. And that is this. Is it time to abandon the three-man front and go back to a four-man front? Absolutely. It doesn't seem like they have the personnel to run the three-man front. And, oh, by the way, the the first few games, it was more of a four-man switching into three-man at different times and the three wins. So, in your mind, it is. I feel like it is. But, see, this this goes back to my question yesterday about the balancing act between putting in the stuff you want to do, teaching the system you want to teach, versus changing things – to be able to try to salvage your season. I think right off the off the bat, you immediately go, yes. Get out of the three-man front. It gives you a better chance to win, but does it give you a better chance to build what you're trying to build for the future? That's a good question. Salvage the season, change what you want to do in the long run just to, to get all eligible. Or, here, that's yeah, my question. Or, what, what does it what, – what is the difference between going six and six and four and eight at this point right now? What is the difference? Yeah, not really a lot. It's still – it's already been labeled a disappointing season, a disaster. First time since 2014, no matter what happens from here on out, first time since 2014 that OU will lose more than two games in a season. Already, obviously, yeah. with three and three. I, I, I just – I wonder – part of me thinks, okay, yes, you need to change things up. You need to do what you need to do to try to salvage it because of what we talked about yesterday. We, ha- we, we have to see Oklahoma's coaching staff be able to make some adjustments to not only the, the salvaging the season isn't what I'm talking about. It's the salvaging of the recruiting class and to get the guys mm-hmm. in there that then in turn can try to run the system that Brent Venables wants to but implement. But couldn't the risk be of, of cha- making a change defensively, schematically, you're sending a message, the wrong message to recruit to those recruits. Going, wait a minute, I signed up, I re- I committed to play in defense A, and now he's switching to defense B. You know, he needs to be, I guess, firm with them and go. Listen, guys, you're going to see a difference, but it doesn't mean it's a long run. I'm just trying to get salvage this season. I mean, there, there's risk there. I guess there's risk reward, like anything in life. So, but if I mean, I guess that's just basically. <laughs> it's a 50-50 question. It's like who you are. Do you, do you want to salvage a season or do you want to lay a base for the future of the program? But now that I talk it out, I kind of feel like I want to lay a base here. But I don't think he has the, the, the personnel to run what he's trying to run right now. I think that's the issue is even if you want to, to lay that base and lay that foundation, you don't have the horses up front to So what's it. the point of even doing it? If you're, those guys aren't going to be the guys to run that – formation or 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 that base defense then what's the point of yeah i i, I see that too so they're in a, it's a rock and a hard place for them yeah it's it's just interesting it's 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 just a philosophical question um you know text line you got to adjust to the talent you have okay that might be true in in a normal situation but when you're coming in here and you're, and you're trying to uproot the entirety of the culture that was set before you is it is it worth changing that philosophy going in for a couple of wins 
And I guess the, that, that's, that's the only people that the answer to that question really matters right now is those guys that are committed to play football in Oklahoma next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to go ask a bunch of 17-year-olds, what do you think? But at the same time, their answer to that question matters more than anybody else's opinion. I didn't see the article because I don't subscribe to it, but it was one of the paid sites that um, a reputable insider for OU had tweeted that he had been in contact with some of the higher recruits. And he said, man, uh, and then the tweet, and you probably saw it, he said that the response from these guys was much more mature than I thought it'd be. So it sounded like they're still firmly committed to OU in a sense knowing this is a just a bump in the road, you know, we're we're the answer, you know. We're we're the guys that are going to come and fix this thing. I think that was kind of the common response was we we're still committed because we can we are committed to Venable's vision on how he wants to move this program forward. Can't do it without us, kind of attitude. Well, that if so, that's I mean, the case, and and we, the... I hope that is uh, what I read into that, and 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 hopefully that's the common. If you're an OU fan, you hope that's what everyone, all these commits or, or recruits that are committed are thinking. Like, well. It's rough now because I'm not there. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting dilemma, no doubt about it, because it's easy to say that now, uh, but rack up about three straight more losses, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's three and six. You have to start. You you have to wonder if guys start and, and kind of having wandering know, eyes at that point. Well, which you, would go especially back to, yeah, when those guys who you beat out say if Venables yeah. beat out Alabama and Georgia sure. and Clemson, and they're over there competing for spots in the playoff and there's OU just trying to get into a bowl game or we get a little bit closer to home and the last thing before we do our top 10 in in college football is Texas a lot of the talk coming out of the Cotton Bowl obviously around here has been about how bad OU has been how embarrassing Oklahoma was what about the Texas side I mean obviously they dominated that game from the very word go you see the talent that they have at the offensive skill you see the the promise that Quinn Ewers possesses as a young guy on the quarterback. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. I don't even know that he played all that good on Saturday yeah. and still helped put up 49 uh, on Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. And so my question is this. How do you view Texas as a contender in the Big 12? Or, you know, they're, they're not going to be in the, in the playoff conversation because of the two losses. But how do you view Texas uh, moving forward this season as far as their chances to be in Arlington in a Big 12 title game? Oh, they're going to need help, obviously, with the one one conference loss. They'll have to win out. Um, OSU, that OSU game looms. And they still have tough competition. Obviously, TCU Baylor, coming. TCU. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a long season. So, I guess I'm kind of wait and see. They look the part when they're healthy, absolutely. Um, and, I again, I think they have to win out and – well, they yeah, that's uh, absolutely they can get in at the two spot at, at the very least if they win out, which they're capable of doing. But there are times when I mean, I, I guess I'm just waiting for them to be Texas. But Ewers is different, you know. He he's a quarterback that's they've needed for a long, long time. And I mean, we talk about uh, trusting a process and being patient. Texas has been patient for very, very long, and and they might have got the right formula. But with guess Sarkeesian what? And, and what year is it? Uh, year two for him, yeah. Two. Yeah. That year two, I'm telling you, and the question was about how long does OU give Venables. Listen, if you look back in the history over the last 20 or 25 years for sure, the big-time programs have known, even if they wouldn't admit it, they have known that by year two they got the right guy. Mm-hmm. And it's it, you can go all the way back to Mac Brown in 1999 getting Texas into the Big 12 title game against Nebraska. Right. The very next year, Oklahoma's winning the national title with Bob Stoops. Okay. And then to Trestle, to, to Urban Meyer, to Saban at LSU, to, to Saban at Bama, yeah. to Meyer going everywhere else. You can tell by year two. You've seen Heupel do it right now at Tennessee where it looks like he's doing, the, he's doing a heck of a job. And Sarkeesian is doing the right things down there in Texas. And Quinn Ewers is helping. And the thing that's interesting to me, what happens if he never gets hurt? Yeah, that, Do they I mean, finish that Bama game off? I would submit to you there's no way they lose to Tech with Quinn Ewers at, at quarterback. That's where that that's the scary thing is how they played without him has been pretty decent. 
But when you see, when you see him with him for that quarter and a half or whatever against against Alabama, thinking, man, these guys are the better team, or they look better today. Mm-hmm. That's where Texas is good, and, and I, th- I think everybody is be is so used to them not being good that they're having a hard time reconciling reconciling in their mind that you know what they are good. Now they may not be Vince Young team good or or you know Colt McCoy 2009 good or you know but Texas is good. Genuinely a good team. Mm-hmm. And sure they still have some warts. The offensive line's young, but man, those tackles didn't look scared at all in the Cotton Bowl last week to go out and play good football. So <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you they're back to where they were with Mac Brown rolling to 10 win seasons every single year, but they're dang sure on the right track. And the rest of this year then determines exactly where they are on the being back scale. Right. They can absolutely win the big 12 in my mind. Absolutely. They can do it. We'll see if they do. Yep. All right. What's your top 10? Uh, Penn state 10. I got Ole Miss at nine. Tennessee, 8, Oklahoma State, 7, USC, 6, Clemson, 5, Michigan, 4. I'm so high on Michigan. Bama, 3, Georgia, 2, Ohio State, 1. They, Ohio State is just rolling. You do. You, you're joining me. Okay, I have got just – I got two, the two outside have a chance this week to shoot way up. USC and Penn State. They've beaten nobody. But if Penn State can beat Michigan, USC can go to the Salt Lake and beat Utah – they're gonna they're they're gonna jump pretty far up on the list. I've got TCU number ten. Um, I thought what they did going to to Lawrence, Kansas. Hard to believe that I'm saying those words, but I thought that was pretty dang impressive uh, to go into that place and win that game. I give pause because of the injury situation. Yeah, what the hell? That, what, what about the just, the backup was awesome. Yeah, I was just, awesome. I, I just, hell, he did better than the starter. <laughs> I just give pause to that. I got tennis uh, TCU number nine. I've got UCLA. They've beaten better teams than either Penn State or USC has so far. Eight, I've got OSU. Seven, I've got Ole Miss. Six, I've got Michigan. I think Michigan looks better than a couple of teams that I've got in front of them, but they've beaten nobody. Right. Five, I've got Clemson. Four, I've got Tennessee. uh, Off the back of the last two wins that they've had. Uh, And then Ole Miss, obviously, in front of OSU because Ole Miss's win against Kentucky, which got lost a little shine last week, but still – uh, the a better win than anything Oklahoma State has got in my mind because well Kentucky Baylor similar, uh, but I've got Ole Miss there. Three I've got Georgia. They just seem to be a little off, just a little off. Two I've got Bama strengthened by that win in week two. That's just going to look better and better and better if Texas continues to play well. And then number one I've got Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State uh, looks. You mean the bar. A&M plays well? No. What do you, what do you I'm talking about Texas. Bama, oh, okay. Bama winning at Texas is what I'm talking about. I keep forgetting. Poor Bama. They had played Texas and Texas A&M. Beat them both. Took on the entire state. They're the, they're the champions <laughs> of the state of Texas so far. Uh, so that's what I've got this week. Big games, though. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, can do – they can jump up. TCU can jump up. USC, Penn State, you know, those teams are kind of in the back half of this top ten. They can jump up right toward the middle uh, of it uh, with wins. Uh, especially, you know, we look at OSU going on the road. That's a that's a big chance. Tennessee with a huge chance too. Uh, Tennessee, I got to tell you, Jared, if they're able to conquer Bama, I may have them number one next week with the three wins that they put that they've strung together right here in a row. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up from Janice's Cafe on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. High school football rankings of the three major polls, the big games this week, and also uh, a guy that used to that grew up here that's committed to go play golf at uh, Oklahoma had a heck of a week at Karsten Creek that we'll tell you about as well. Skinny on sports, hanging out at Janice's right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Skinny on sports. No, 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 no,
Welcome back. Final segment of the morning right here at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main, Suite A right here in Elk City. They serve their entire menu all day, open 6A to 9P, Monday through Sunday. Taco salad is the special here at Janice's today. So come on in. You can, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Get a, break, get a burger for breakfast or an omelet for dinner. They might even put an egg on that burger. You ask them nicely. They might. Why not? We've got them handy. Janice's Cafe. Also, it is Tuesday, so it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We really appreciate our man Rodney Skinner and all the gang down at 809 North Main Street. Paul Jones Drug is the care you could trust. We've mentioned a bunch about um, the medical stuff that they've got. Also, don't forget, awesome gifts, awesome greeting cards uh, there at Paul Jones Drug. Uh, really good stuff down there at 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. All right, Jared, the three major statewide polls are out this week in the high school football rankings. Tulsa World and AP are pretty similar. And the Oklahoman, at least in 4A, is completely different. Um, both Tulsa World, everybody's got Cushing number one. Tulsa World and AP have Poto number two, the Big Elks number three. They've all got Bethany number four. Then it starts uh, kind of getting muddled up with the same teams in, in whatever order, uh, with Tuttle and Blanchard and Broken Bow and, and Wagner all kind of in that five through eight range, and then Newcastle and Chickasha rounding out both of the poles. The Oklahoman goes Cushing, then they go Blanchard, Tuttle, Wagner, Poto, the Elks sixth. So Elk City actually moves down a spot uh, in the rankings this week. It, it's because Blanchard beat Tuttle, because Blanchard mm-hmm. moved up from eighth uh, to second. Uh, but then Bethany, Broken Bow, Chickasha, number nine, Heel Dell number 10. You know, I, I think it's interesting because it, it feels like the Tulsa world and the AP are more reactionary on what the results are. Mm-hmm. And the Oklahomans poll seems to be more static with what they think the results should be. What they think it could be at the end of the year, I think. Maybe at the what end of the year, or maybe, w- or even worse, what they thought at the first of the year. Yeah. And they won't let go of that. No. No, they still want to think they're smarter than the rest of the people. Anywho, no, I mean, a good spot for Elk City right there in the AP at number three. Watch Poto and Broken uh, um, Broken Bow. Bow. I always do that. It's I'm not Broken ashamed. Arrow, Jared. I'm it's ashamed. Broken Bow. Because it's that Broken Bow that's never easy to go down there. So, depending on what happens there and what happens in our game, I mean, Elk City could be a really nice spot. And boy, howdy, 4A1 is lucky to lose Elgin. In the AP poll, they are ranked 10th in 5A and perfect 6-0. and thought they were supposed to have a down year moving up to a tougher 5A. Not so fast, my friend. Pretty amazing how they've, uh, with what we saw from them last year and as a district opponent, to think how in the world is <laughs> what's going on uh, with Elgin, like you said, moving up a class and, and doing way better. And by the way, uh, they they took care of the two opponents that they played in the non-district that were opponents in district last year with Weatherford and Cash. Yeah. Uh, so you, you look at that and you look where the 4A1 standings are, uh, Elgin would be right up there at the top of, oh, that, uh, of the district if they were player. still in it. Yeah, they'd be in it. <clears throat> um, games from around the state. Well, actually, let's look at Class A. Oklahoma only has Fairview uh, from the District 1 out here. The AP... Fear, uh, Fairview number three, Burns Flat Dill City is up at number eight. Uh, Tulsa World just has Fairview, Burns Flat not ranked in that poll. Uh, so Fairview three across the board, Burns Flat Dill City number eight in the AP. Uh, Class B rankings, pretty similar. Uh, ceiling is two or three in each poll. Laverne is two or three in each poll. Uh, Balco Forgan gets a little bump uh, into the top five after their win over Shattuck. Uh, Shattuck goes down to six or seven, depending on what the poll is that you're looking at. Uh, Turpin is there as undefeated number eight, and then Hollis slips a couple of spots after losing that game to Laverne, but still in the top ten. So when you look at that Class B District 1, you're talking about five teams that are ranked in the top ten, and that means one of those teams, a top ten team right now, isn't going to make the playoffs. We've seen that a lot in this, these smaller schools, smaller classes, B and C. But that, that District 1 has always been – uh, tough, tough district to, to contend in. Uh, games around the state, you mentioned Poto and uh, and Broken Bow. That's a big one in 4A. 
Uh, obviously, the Elks at Chickasha is a big one out here as far as uh, where, who kind of takes the lead. I mean, heck, if you're Chickasha, you win that game against Elk City, you're feeling really good about your chances of hosting two playoff games at 4-0 and already ha with still that, that bye coming in the last few weeks uh, with with, uh, with Western Heights not being in the district. So you, uh, if you're Chickasha, feeling good about where you set uh, with already playing Elk City and already playing Weatherford. I guess they would have Cash and Clinton uh, remaining on their schedule after this week. Uh, the Elk side of things, uh, each game, as Coach Maynard said after, after the Clinton game, each game gets bigger uh, as you keep winning. And that's certainly the case on Thursday with Chickasha, now a top 10 team in every statewide poll coming out to Elk City to play, you know, a, a team that's right there, either in the top five or right on the cusp of being in the top five for the Big Elks. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Last thing, Ryder Cowan. You know yeah, Ryder. I saw that. Ryder Cowan finished third at the uh, Ping Invitational. It's an AJGA event. It's the top 36 players from around the country. It was played at Karsten Creek this week. He opened up with a 6 over 78, but then followed that up with a pair of 1 under 71s. Finishes 4 over, tied for third. He was 4 back of the, the two guys that um, tied for the lead at even par. Uh, but still a nice bounce back uh, for Ryder in a really tough field. Tying for third up there at Karsten. Uh, right, he's been committed and he's going to sign with OU to go play golf in college uh, for the Sooners. So congratulations to former Elk City. And, boy, he'd look good in that brown and white. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that. He'd look good in that brown and like, white. You fill in the colors. They would They would love to have him. But fortunately, he's going to OU, and that, that, he's going to really help them out. That's right. All right. Thank you to Janice's man. Yeah. Once again. As always. Great hospitality here. We'll be, uh, we'll be here every Tuesday throughout the month of October. Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main Street in Elk City. Taco salad is a special. And, of course, it's Tuesday, so it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney Skinner there at Paul Jones Drug. Care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. Visit them at 809 North Main in Elk City. Tomorrow, we'll be back. Have something. What do you think? We'll figure it out. Anything on your mind? Is it time for what's on Jared's mind? Tomorrow? A lot goes in my mind and out my mind between now and then. So who knows what will be in my mind by then. Going to have to make the notes. Uh, thank you to Janice's. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.